Welcome to Your Brand Amplified, the podcast where we interview marketers, publicists, and brands to learn their stories, what makes them tick, and tips and tricks that make a difference. I am so thrilled to have another woman entrepreneur on the show today, Brittany Garcia-Dumas. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So you have BGD Digital Marketing, your branding company, and I'd love for you to talk about your journey into starting your own business. Was that something that you always wanted to do? No. (laughs) (laughs) So we call ourselves a COVID company. So we started May of 2020. We're actually celebrating our three-year anniversary tomorrow. So we're really excited about that. So I worked for a different company in Dallas for several years being their marketing director. And when COVID hit, you know, everybody kind of said, is this what I want to do? Is this what I want to keep doing? And I said, you know, hey, I'm going to kind of take a shot at this. And they graciously allowed me to take two clients from that business. And we turned two into 56 in three years. Oh, my gosh. That is amazing. Did you study digital marketing in university? Or did you know that that was all was going to be your path? I did not. So my degree is in anthropology and I have a specific focus on linguistics, which is, you know, how our words determine our culture. And that's really kind of another way to talk about social media. And so I talk a lot about how social media is where culture and tech collide. And it's a new way of communicating and living and existing. I knew I liked people. And so I got really into, you know, who people are, why they do what they do, Mm -hmm. and then was able to kind of tilt that into say, okay, how do we not only sell products because yes, everybody wants to sell products, but how do we create brand loyalty? How do we set up these businesses in such a way that people feel like they're a part of something bigger? And that's how you, as we say, go from building a business to building a brand. You have this sentiment that people really buy into figuratively and metaphorically. And so that's where I came from that. You know, I was in the social media generation. I remember Mm -hmm. when I needed to have a college email to get a Facebook. And so I grew up as social media, but I just liked being on Instagram. I liked all the things. And, you know, people started saying, hey, can I pay you to do that for me? And it just snowballed from there. <laughs> well, I'm going to age myself. I was already working when Facebook started. Mm. So I was MySpace user and then went to Friendster and then uh-huh. went to Facebook. <laughs> so... Yes. I was a MySpacer. I had a Zanga. Did you have a Zanga? Oh, I did not have a Zanga. No. Zanga was the spot. <laughs> and your Zanga and your MySpace, that is where a lot of us learned how to code, right? Because mm-hmm. we were like, I want the pink sparkly background with an <laughs> annoying sound that plays. And what we were learning was code all the way back then. And so it's a really cool thing to be a part of. Absolutely. And now you have an interesting background. You are the first person in your family to graduate from college. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Was it just drive that you had? Are you, you know, first generation, second generation? Because I know my mom is from Thailand. She actually came here for school Mm -hmm. and ended up staying in the States and not going back to Thailand. But I always love to hear people's origin stories. Yes. Yeah. That's such a beautiful story. And the story of people coming into America and finding their way and their path and their niche, it's the most beautiful story, <laughs> in my opinion. I love celebrating like American birthdays and all of my friends, you know, get their official citizenship. I mean, that's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. That's a huge thing for someone to do. Like America does not make it easy. Right. So, exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing is I'm like, could I do that? 
<laughs> like if I had to take all those tests and do all those things, could I pass that test? But so my great grandparents came from Mexico City into the United States. My grandparents worked on cotton farms in Louisiana mm-hmm. and then found their way into the railroad. And a lot of them landed in North Platte, Nebraska, which sounds like a random okay. place. It's kind of <laughs> the center of America. It's where a lot of the railroads kind of first got their start. Wow. We are a product of assimilation. I like to talk a lot about how Latinidad is such a beautiful quilt of all these different things. It really Mm -hmm. is a spectrum. And I have friends who just recently came from Mexico and we talk about our stories and our perspectives. And she said, Brittany, you really have a Mexican American experience. Mm where she has kind of a different perspective and a different experience. So I'm really big on you can only talk about what you know. And our family was such a product of assimilation. And my parents were told not to speak Spanish, not to mm-hmm. look Mexican, not like, no, don't do any of that. My grandfather was reprimanded for speaking Spanish wow. to you know, the bad school. And it was a really big deal. And I think that sometimes within our own culture, a lot of Latinos forget that that is the history and that out of the desire to have safety Mm -hmm. and a legacy for their families. Our ancestors made these choices. And I don't think you could say they were the wrong choice, but they were the hard choice. And I do like to say that people like me, people who, you know, don't speak Spanish as well as our great, great grandparents (laughs) do. I say that we are the flowers that get to bloom from the seeds that our ancestors had to leave behind in the dirt. And that is a beautiful thing that I, as white passing as I am, as you know, I stumble over my Spanish, I will never be be ashamed of that, you know? And so I get to graduate from college now. I get to own a business now. I get to look at my friends who some of them are not citizens and say, I'll say it. I'll speak it. I'll do it. We'll take Mm -hmm. positions of power. I'll take this seat as the Latina on this board so Mm -hmm. that next year there will be three Latinas. And then the Mm -hmm. year after that, there will be 10 Latinas, you know? And so, yes, it's been a very big blessing to be able to be the first person, not just woman in my family to, to graduate from college. And I take it very seriously. Yeah. Well, and I also love that you were able to take your background and so many things play into marketing the way we look at the world around ourselves and others and try to understand people's perspectives. And that's such an important part of what we do every day in our jobs. So having that degree and that background in anthropology and linguistics, I'm sure that you use it every day in your work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful. So let's talk about your switch to your company. What were some of the things that you came across when you were starting? Because you said you were able to bring two clients, which is amazing. Most agencies will not let you do that. So kudos (laughs) to your former employer. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess kind of what was it like? What were some easy things? What were some hard things? Yeah. So you never want to say, you know, the good thing about COVID because it was a world tragedy. One of the things we got out of COVID was that a lot of businesses looked inward because they couldn't look outward. Mm -hmm. They couldn't really service their clients. So they said, okay, what does our website look like? (laughs) You know, (laughs) as people are flooding to the internet because they can't come into our office, what does our social media look like? And so that, you know, BGD was there to, as we say, strengthen, encourage and comfort those business owners in creating that very strong brand while they really couldn't do a whole lot else. There was also, you know, the great resignation of people Mm. who decided to start businesses during that time. And so we branded several startups within our first year, people just going out and pursuing their dream. And several of them are still in business today. And it's really exciting. Some of them, unfortunately, are not. 
Mm. But they have these great assets that they're able to live forever, you know, and still collect like residual orders sometimes, even though they've now moved back into a nine to five position or something like that. And so that was an interesting time to be kind of in the digital space that I would say was helpful. Mm -hmm. You know, lots of people needed it, but it was also difficult because, you know, we were in stress. (laughs) Definitely. Do you work with one specific niche or do you work with a lot of verticals? Majorly work with diverse businesses. Mm -hmm. So whether that business was rooted in diversity from day one, Mm-hmm. or they have and recognize that they have a diversity deficit. And on that round, we take very seriously our responsibility to never shame, always educate. Mm-hmm. You know, when okay. somebody realized they have a diversity deficit, it's a difficult place to live. You know, oh, shoot, we have not done this as equitable as we would have liked to. Mm-hmm. And BGD loves being that place that people can turn to receive that more diverse branding that isn't there with, you know, judgment. We're there to help you, right? Right, right. <laughs> to make this right one. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we hadn't always been like that in our hearts. We had always been like that. Yeah. But about a year ago, we realized that around 86% of our clients were all historically underutilized businesses. Mm-hmm. So women, minorities, or what we call global majorities and veterans. And so which I am all three of those. I wasn't a veteran myself. I was a military spouse for 10 years. So those are the people that we help serve. Yeah. I love that. That's exactly where my heart lives. And the funny thing, I think people don't realize, even as marketers, we're also redefining our market position, what we're offering, who we're offering it to, what our messages are. So we get to practice what we're preaching to others all the time as we're refining what we want to offer and how we want to offer it and to whom we want to offer it to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we tell people, and I'm sure you've heard this, your ideal client is you five years ago today and five years from now. Like your ideal client is you. And out of who you are is who you serve best. And we, like everyone else, <laughs> are continuously growing, continuously learning more about ourselves, continuously like in therapy, learning. All <laughs> things, you know? And I wasn't always so vocal about my position within the Latino community. And the kind of running joke is that my family is más Chicano than we are Mexicano. And so the most definite term of Chicano is it is an American born Mexican. There's a whole culture and stuff around it. But I was nervous about that. I felt a little shame about that. All my Spanish isn't very good. But as I grew and as I learned and as I came into myself, I really realized what power there was in Mm -hmm. it. Like I mentioned, when I was able to say the thing, I was able to clothe myself and the citizenship that I did nothing to earn and say the thing that needed to be said. I was like, wow, there's power in that. And how could I ever be ashamed of that? Right. And so as you know more about yourself, you kind of know more about your client and you know more about the people that you're looking to serve as well. Yeah. You know, I actually hadn't heard that the way you put it, your client is you five years ago and five years into the future. I haven't Mm -hmm. heard it phrased that way before, but that is often why entrepreneurs start businesses because Mm -hmm. there is a problem that they're experiencing and they want to solve it for themselves and for other people who are similar to them. Mm -hmm. So I really love the way that you phrased that. And you have also won a few awards for being in business for only three years. I mean, that's amazing. Recipient of a woman-owned business award in Arlington, best woman-owned and best minority-owned business in the Dallas-Fort Worth area from the Dallas Morning News. And you were also featured on Shark Tank's Barbara Corcoran's podcast. Yeah, that blew my whole mind. (laughs) I so admire her and she has done a great job at really authentically being herself. 
Mm-hmm. And I admire her business advice. And she's such a great example of I'm going to do business the way I've decided I want to do business. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite things about being a business owner, I have an all woman led staff and we have an all bilingual staff as well. Ooh, nice. and, so, and three of our four in office staff are mothers as well. And wow. so I get to decide what that looks like. Yeah. You know, I get to say, oh, this last week was the last week of school. Obviously, kind <laughs> of toss up here, you know, and I get to build that culture how I want to build it. Yeah. You know, that is like the coolest thing to me. And so Barbara Corcoran has done a great job of doing that. And so she has a podcast and I love that out of her perspective that she speaks about business. And so I just kept calling and applying. And <laughs> yeah, one day they said, hey, Barbara Corcoran would like to talk to you. <laughs> I said, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and it was wonderful. It was everything I'd ever thought it would be. And so it was a great experience. Amazing. Well, I love that we talked about the pandemic and the great resignation. And you're talking about your company culture and how you're providing a culture that is flexible, accepting, and understands where people are in their like lives outside of work and how that translates into what to expect of them day to day. And I think that's so important. It's something so many people don't really pay attention to, but it is what I feel like the workforce is demanding. Mm-hmm. And now let's talk about DEI and marketing and also just in agency life. I know so many people who have gone to their dream job, a certified B corporation or a big agency and felt and they were Latina, Latino, or they were Asian and they felt tokenized. They felt like all these initiatives they'd heard of that this company was touting of like all their diversity initiatives really didn't exist anywhere but on their website and maybe in one employee group, but they weren't really taking action. And so many of those people have left and tried to find other ways to do the job that they love. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that from people like either yourself, from people who come to work with you? Absolutely. So we worked with an international dating service Mm -hmm. within our first year. And one of their core desires was that they wanted to reach into the LGBTQ plus community to start setting up their international dating service. And they, I don't know exactly how they did it all, but (laughs) they did it. And so that was one of the initiatives they had. So they hired us. So I brought on a focus group. I hired somebody who I knew was a big LGBTQ advocate in Memphis, Tennessee, and paid her for her time to educate me on something I've never lived. I didn't know. And I was very, very proud of the work that we did and the models that we cast and all these things, Mm. you know. And at the end of the day, unfortunately, the client cut some corners with some decisions that they made. And in my final assessment, I said, you know, my assessment is that you do not do this Mm. (laughs) because if you're not going to do it right, do not do this. And they kind of made their own decision from there. And that it was out of my hands at that point. But absolutely. I mean, that is a story of, hey, there's this token, there's this thing we want to bring in for whatever reason, maybe the intent is kindness. Mm -hmm. But you got to see that kindness all the way through my guy. You know, and I was talking to someone the other day, and they said, Oh, you know, I'm such an advocate when there's, you know, a Latino in front of me, someone from the LGBTQ community, whatever, you know, body positivity. And I said, Well, that is when it's the easiest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that person standing there, right. it, it's when you're face to face with, you know, misogyny or racism or a buddy makes a joke. That's when it matters for you to stand up and say yeah. something. Yeah. And so it really is unfortunate, but the kind of silver lining about people being vocal about their opinions is that, you know, 
mm-hmm. where those people stand. And you know, the businesses that yeah. have tokenized people and it's a little bit more obvious. And yeah, that's not what BGD is going to do. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And thank you for living in your truth, right? And having that truth be one that is inclusive and not just on face value, mm-hmm. but all the way through. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what are some of the lessons that you've learned when you've started your agency? Um, Do you mostly have employees and contractors in your local area? Do you work with people all over? And what does that look like for you to start your business during the pandemic? Sure. I have this little sticky note on my desk that says, here's what we're going to do. We're going to learn. And, (laughs) you know, Reshma Sunjani, who owns Girls Who Code, she said that we train our boys to be brave and we train our girls to be perfect. Mm. And again, you know, that's just not what BGD is going to do. And we're going to be brave and we're going to learn and we're going to mess up. (laughs) But, you know, one of the things that was a really cool thing to learn, and I will also relate this to diversity, equity, and inclusion, is that we had this in our heart, you know, it was kind of just a perspective as we were branding Mm -hmm. these businesses. So we brand, we launch and modernize these businesses. And as we're doing it, you have to make these choices, the stock photos you add in there, the language that you use, do you use he, she, they, what do you use, Mm -hmm. you know? And we were making the choices out of our own perspective. And sometimes we would get people that came back and said, oh, we don't want that picture Hmm. on our website. And I was like, can you please put that in an email? (laughs) I'm not trying to be rude, but I need you to write that in black and white. That is Anyway, so we were making these decisions and we were like, because this just feels right. When we look at the competitor analysis, when we look at the consumers you're serving, right? I was just talking about in Arlington, we're 34.7% Latino in the city of Arlington. And so that means 34.7% of the photos on your website need to be of Latinos. That only makes sense to me. Right. 30% of your marketing materials you need to consider putting those in Spanish. Like, yeah, wow. Strategically, that's the move you need to make. And so, but we were doing this out of kind of what our heart's perspective was and um, hearing from the community. And what we learned was branding businesses with diversity, equity, and inclusion in mind actually creates a stronger, more sustainable brand. You will not get into 2025 and beyond <laughs> without an inclusive brand. Because when you just look at the American consumer, it is not male, white, 55 years old any longer. And listen, I've got plenty of white men who are 55 that I adore and I respect and I enjoy my friendship that I have with them, but they are not the only consumer any longer. And so honestly, to not consider the diversity of your consumer is really not to be making the best business decision Mm. you could be making. And so that was a really interesting turning point and something that we had learned just from looking at the data, just looking at numbers, just the numbers say, you've got to make this more equitable for your consumer. Yeah. When somebody comes to work with you, what are some of the things that you ask them? And what are some of the things that they've maybe done wrong or they think that they've developed a brand, but they really have just a logo, right? What are some of those things that you have to kind of walk them through to educate them on the process and then rebuild and create something even more beautiful and more impactful for them? Mm -hmm. It's my favorite part of the process. So we have an in-depth marketing analysis. That's something that I'm really proud about BGD is that we never bring on a client without that in-depth marketing analysis because I love that. (laughs) I want to hear what you got going on. (laughs) Like, Oh yeah, you need this and this and this. 
somebody asked me the other day, what's the best thing to do in branding? And my response was, listen, you know, you got to listen to your people who you're working for. So without a doubt, the biggest shift we have to make time and time again is people thinking that they're not good enough. Their product isn't good enough. They believed what their friends or their family has said about the product or their brand. And even from like my logo colors are blue because... I looked on the internet and it said that yeah. blue was a pleasing color. And I said, okay, well, do you ever wear the color blue? Like if you're never going to be photographed wearing the color blue, <laughs> then that means all of your assets are going to be off brand, right? You like the color blue, <laughs> the color blue, a part of the product. If all of your soaps are yellow, mm. why is your logo blue? Yeah. You know? mm. And so that is the number one thing that businesses just kind of miss the mark on. And, and it's unintentional. But like I said, your ideal consumer is you five years ago today and five years from now. And so you really have to know yourself, love yourself. Mm. We ask our clients all the time, what do you love about your business? What's your favorite thing about your product? And then we build the brand off of that. Because if you can really hit that heart target, then that means that gives us something to attach to your consumer as well. So building correctly is the number one thing that I think businesses kind of get a little off. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And I love that example of the blue and people just thinking that they have to evoke because a color on the internet says you need to use this for your primary color and this for your secondary color and these for your accent colors. But if it isn't who you are, it's not going to be authentic. Right. And you're not going to like it. And you're not going <laughs> to it, right? You're never going to use these assets. And so, you know, creating those clear and workable pathways that fit within your capacity. That's what we tell our clients all the time. Like, are you going to do this, right? We all have <laughs> an actionable plan that you feel like you can activate because if you feel like you can't activate it, then what's the point of doing it in the first place, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What are some of the other trends that you see that are going to be here to stay for branding? You talked a little bit about making sure that you have DNI incorporated into your brand ethos by 2025. If you don't, we all know younger consumers, that's like they're really invested in your impact. What mm -hmm. are some of the other things that you think are really important for brands to know right now? And either say yes, they're doing them or go, oh my gosh, I need to step back and maybe think about this and figure out how to incorporate it. Absolutely. EI obviously is a big one considering your target demographic. The second thing is I would say the modernization of your communication. Mm. Businesses have got to get on social media. We tell people all the time that social media is a resource. It's not the end goal, right? So right. I'm not telling you, you have to be famous on TikTok to have a business. I'm saying you need to be on TikTok. You need to be somewhere where people can tag you, can share you. Because if you don't do that now, you're going to be very, very far behind very quickly. The tech is evolving so quickly and it will only start to evolve even faster in the future. Right. And then another thing that that looks like, and I don't just say this because part of what we do is social media management, businesses have got to take seriously the social media marketing that they're utilizing. I see this all the time. People come to BGD and pay BGD money because they have hired a resident young person mm -hmm. to run their Instagram. And that person is, yes, they probably do know more than the CEO does about Instagram. They know how to use it. Right. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they know how to market your company. Exactly. That doesn't mean they know anything about branding. It's not me being mean to them. That's actually me trying to be nice to them. Like right. lay off of them because they're never going to do what you think they're going to do. Mm -hmm. You've really got to take that seriously because your consumer, especially that Gen Z millennial consumer sees right through that stuff. So taking that role very seriously is really, really important. 
So DEI, making sure that you're modern with your forms of communication, and then speaking authentically to that why. Like you mentioned with Gen Z, they've got to have a cause Mm -hmm. behind. And what that looks like for businesses to give them a tangible step is, again, what was the original dream? Why did you originally start this business? What was the original intent and purpose? Now speak out of that. Don't speak out of what you think the trend is or what you think your competitor is doing. Brene Brown has this great quote where she says, speak from a scar and not a wound. Mm, So that means speak from something that is healed. If there's a portion of your story you're willing to communicate, make sure it's something you can communicate like without crying or doesn't make you feel uncomfortable. You know, a great example of that is that I'm a single mom and I love talking about it. I love talking about what that means for my business. It means for my life and the next generation of entrepreneurs that I feel really great about speaking about. And it's a way that I can authentically connect with people. And so finding what that is, you know, we encourage our clients, write down a couple things and then pick one, just one of them (laughs) that you want to go forward with because that is where marketing is going. That authentic marketing, people have got to connect with their hearts and not just because it's a feel good, but because that is where the consumer base is. Yeah. Well, shout out to single moms. I'm one as well. So, (laughs) and we are not done with school yet. We still have a couple of weeks to go here. (laughs) I know it's insane. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience today? Anything else I'd like to share with the audience today? Being comfortable in your own skin Mm. is really going to help you as a business owner. It's really going to help you as a marketer. I tell people all the time, you know, if you want to know where Brittany Garcia Dumas is every Saturday at 9am, I'm in therapy and unashamedly in therapy because it has helped me so much as a business owner. And there's so many things that we do that kind of get a bad rap or like a negative mm-hmm. connotation. But those are actually the things that are the most helpful in business. Mm-hmm. And my advice to lean into that, again, list out 10 things you're willing to do <laughs> to help your mental health and then pick one because it will not only help you as yourself, family member, community member, but it will help you in your business a thousand percent. Fantastic. And do you work with clients all over the United States, all over the world? We do. So we have branded uh, businesses in 11 different states now. Amazing. Yeah. So we love it. It's all online. It's all digital. We've become really good at truly being that digital marketing Mm -hmm. agency. And so it's really easy for us to take clients across the United States and across the world. Fantastic. And what is the easiest way for someone to reach you? The easiest way is through our website, bgddigitalmarketing.com. You can learn a little bit more about us and then call us at any time. (laughs) We're here and we'll answer the phone and we love kind of picking up and answering any kind of question you may have. But if you have questions about branding, about DEI, about anything like that, just give us a call and we'll set up a meeting with you if we need to. But we're very accessible and we love being that way. Amazing. And then last question, do you have a favorite quote or mantra or words? You've already given us some great ones, but if you have any others, I'd love to hear them. Yes. So my favorite and the branding marketing space, Albert Einstein said, if you can't explain it simply, you don't know it well enough. Ooh, I love that. And I just love it (laughs) really well in branding and marketing. And if you find yourself kind of stumbling over your words, explaining what you do as a business, Mm -hmm. just rewind think about it because it's that quick, concise, we launch a modernized, diverse businesses. I know it very well. We know it backwards and forwards. That's exactly what we do. So I love that. 
Awesome. Brittany, thank you so much. I love your energy and your enthusiasm. And I will make sure to put all of the ways to reach out to you in our show notes. And you gave some really great advice and things for people to think about as they're looking at their brand direction going into next year, the year after and the year after that. So with that, thank you to our audience for listening to another great expert guest on Your Brand Amplified. I'll be back again in a few days. Want more? Check out AmplifyWithAnnika.com or follow me on socials at AmplifyWithAnnika.com.